This is Zareen Rahman, medical student at University of Minnesota Medical School, and I'll be reading my essay entitled Prayers and Tuna Melts, which was published in the Teaching and Learning Moments column in Academic Medicine. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, I whispered under my breath. It was a universal prayer Muslims say when a fellow Muslim passes away, roughly translating to, to God we belong and to God we return. I had said this prayer many times before for loved ones and community members, but that was the first time I had uttered those words for a patient. I sat in the empty spirituality center of the hospital where I observed my daily prayers during long internal medicine call shifts. Just 24 hours earlier, I had been in the room of my elderly Muslim patient, Mr. M, with the rest of the team for daily rounds. In between answering routine medical questions, Mr. M slipped into reciting Arabic prayers and verses from the Quran. My ears perked up in those moments. Words in the conversation I actually understood, unlike his native tongue or even the medical jargon my attending and residents used. While the rest of the team put in orders and adjusted his breathing mask, I stood next to Mr. M, listening to his Arabic prayers, voicing understanding that it was his time and asking for a painless death. Recognizing me as a Muslim by my headscarf, Mr. M asked if I spoke his native tongue. I shook my head no and apologized, then added, I can pray for you though, excited by any opportunity to help in his care. He nodded and I began to quietly recite all the Arabic prayers I knew for him. Mr. M passed away after I left the hospital that day. I grappled with his loss days after his passing. I was not sure if it was my naivete as a medical student witnessing her first patient death or the moments I shared with Mr. M praying in our common tongue and shared faith that made me feel big emotions I was not sure how to process. While his death was expected given his condition, I was still stunned by its occurrence, its finality, and its permanence. One week later, I experienced the death of another patient, Mr. B, which solidified why Mr. M's loss had been so devastating. On the outside, Mr. B and I were nothing alike. Me, a petite brown woman, and him, a white man so tall he barely fit in the hospital bed. We had no common tongue or faith, nor had we prayed side by side in our last moments together as I had with Mr. M. Instead, the last conversation I had with Mr. B was about our love for the same hospital cafeteria sandwich, a tuna melt. We extensively discussed the best tuna melts we had eaten before and scorned those who did not appreciate its delicacy. Our conversations evolved from sandwiches to cooking to travel as we searched for other similarities. I had learned grief was a profound sorrow someone feels after the loss of someone to whom they had a bond or affection for. I did not expect to feel this way about patients who I had only known in sickness, not in health. Mr. M and Mr. B reminded me that finding threads of commonality, a faith, a language, 
a favorite sandwich, can form bonds that defy the lack of time together. While having these connections made their deaths harder to process, it made me appreciate their lives more. I keep the stories of Mr. M and Mr. B close to my heart and allow them to inspire how I approach my interactions with other patients. I remember prayers and tuna melts as I sit next to new patients, determined to find something, big or small, to connect us. When we form enriched relationships, we allow ourselves to feel grief for the patients we lose, and likewise, joy for the patients who leave healthier than when they arrived. <laughs>